0: Mark and Dan Mark and Dan Podcast Mark and Dan Welcome back to another episode of Mark and Dan Meets World. I'm Dan Brown.
1: And I'm Mark McKay. How you doing today, Mark? Well, I asked my Uncle Ralph if he likes our show, what we're doing here, and he told me that my Uncle Ralph, he does not care, because twice
0: a month, he gets welfare. Thanks for Uncle Ralph for listening to the show. And thank you guys out there for listening to the show, too. Today, we're talking about Boy Meets World, Season 2, Episode 15. Breaking Up is Really Hard to Do. It aired January 27th, 1995. This got an 8.2 out of 10 on IMDb with 173 votes. Mark, I'm going to say it before you say it. I love this episode. Yes, absolutely. I really, really love this episode. Last week when you and I were talking about, okay, what episodes, what are the next couple episodes that we're doing? We talked about doing this one and then the next episode that you guys are going to hear next week, Danger Boy, and we both freaked out because these are two of our favorite episodes from this season.
1: Yeah, we got so excited. We were talking like after we recorded last week, we were talking for like 10 minutes about these episodes. We were like so excited to talk about these episodes that we were talking about these episodes.
0: Yeah, we were talking about talking about the (laughs) (laughs) episode. And this episode starts off with a bang right away. Corey gets invited to a couple's only party and he thinks it's some kind of discrimination. And then he sees Sean making out with a girl. And then Sean says something. Again, this show, we should have just had a segment of how many dick jokes this show, a, a kid's show can make. Yeah, we should have kept a
1: dick, a dick joke counter.
0: We really should. If anyone's out there listening and you want to do that, please do that. And let us know on Facebook, facebook.com slash Mark and Dan Meets World.
1: You know, Dan, that sounds like a job for Don Gibb.
0: <laughs> oh, that would sound like a job for Don Gibb. Mark, start tweeting at, at Don Gibb. Get him to start right. listening to the show. <laughs> but Sean's making out with a girl, and he turns the court and he goes, Hey, remember that thing in health class where they're talking about movement of blood? I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. other way to, to hide that. That is a dick joke if you've never yeah. heard a dick joke.
1: I never caught that until I watched it today. That, like, that went so many times under the radar that I'm just now catching it.
0: Yeah, I, I thought the same exact thing, because I, before we started doing the show, I binge-watched the entire series and made notes on every single episode. Mm-hmm. Same thing I did with this episode, binge-watched it, made notes. I totally missed this joke in my notes as I, yeah. as I re-watched it today. But Sean tells Corey, hey, why don't you go ask Wendy to be your girlfriend? Just do it for the party. And Corey thinks that's kind of messed up just do it for the party, but Sean tells him it's okay. Corey shows Wendy the invite tells her that he wants to be a couple. Wendy is just thrilled. She wants to know if it's okay for her to go tell people. He said, "Sure." And he's like, "I'll tell my friends." And then he just tells Sean. No, uh, Cuz that's
1: all of his friends.
0: <laughs> that really is. I mean, in the first season, he had a different best friend every single week for like the first half of the show. Yeah, he DeWan had like one guy, Chauncey, DeWan
1: guy, Chauncey. Yeah. He had like so many other best friends. you want other ones that we don't Obviously, give a shit the, about. the crop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they all died last year. That's why we never get to see him (laughs) again.
0: So then the next scene, mom and dad are lecturing Eric about his grades in the living room. And Eric is kind of leaning on mom because dad's the one pointing the finger and dad's the one who's really laying down the law. So he goes to his mom to cuddle him. And then that's when his dad tells him, you know, this is all your mother's idea. (laughs) So he was like in the arms of the devil.
1: Yeah, Uh, this is also the first reference of Eric wanting to be a weatherman
0: this was because yes, he never it
1: mentioned it before and then this was like this is a really i don't know if this was like a throwaway like line to go like oh i I just want to be a weatherman or if it's something that they just kind of like planted the seed in and then just ran with it episodes later
0: because in my notes here i had weatherman with a question mark wondering if this was the first time you know, when you binge watch the show as many times as you and I have, sometimes you don't re- really remember the first time somebody says something.
1: Yeah, especially when you go back to like the earlier episodes, you're like, I know this character is going to eventually go there. Yeah. So now I'm kind of going back with the thing. It's like kind of seeing um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier watching it and then going back and watching, you know, the first Captain America and then Winter Soldier. and You go like, OK, now I can see Bucky going from here to there.
0: Yeah. So that's when they, they lay down the law. They tell him no girls um, cut back to school. Wendy's waiting for Corey outside of his class. Uh, Wendy has let Corey know that this has been the best week of her life. Uh, she has memorized Corey's class sch- <laughs> schedule and she wants to make summer plans with Corey. Now, as a kid, this really mm-hmm. didn't bother me that much. Where I'm like, yeah, if you're dating somebody. You want to start making plans with them. Yeah, I don't see that being that big of an issue. Now, as an adult, I can definitely see where they're like, hey, this girl's definitely moving way too fast. Mm -hmm.
1: And would you consider Wendy Corey's third girlfriend?
0: I would consider her a girlfriend, yes. All
1: right. I'm glad you brought that up because we mentioned this on the first time Wendy showed up. And, dude, I feel so much for Wendy. And we'll we'll get to more of it. But I I think she was just a really great character. And I would have loved to see her come back episodes later see where else this character is going to go
0: i would have even been cool to see like an update of wendy and girl meets world yeah even if it was like something on the news where mm-hmm. uh you know like it, it's an update like on the news story be like you know oh this I, I forgot what wendy's last name was but like wendy is being released from jail after stabbing her husband <laughs> uh, <laughs> you could have done something like that yeah But she wants Corey to give her a kiss goodbye. And then right in the same exact scene, Feeney tells Mr. Turner that he wants the midterm grades. He sees the racquetball equipment. Mr. Turner says, you know, I got a friend who's playing right now. or I have a friend I'm going to go play with right now. Uh, But tomorrow, you and I, George, will go on the racquetball court. This gives you enough time to get a doctor's note to to bail. Feeney makes a little joke. Maybe does the court have room for my respirator? Him and Mr. Turner have a laugh. Mr. Turner walks away and Feeney calls him a chump. <laughs> Which here's so, the thing. This is not the first time we've seen Feeney do this. In the first season, the the basketball, the the B team of life. Yeah. He kind of tricks the basketball coach into thinking he's a slow driver and then beats him in a race.
1: Yeah. Also, this is another first for this episode, but this is the first time there's an A, B, and C storyline. Yeah. And the C storyline, I would say, is uh, the Mr. Turner, Mr. Feeney stuff. Yes. And I know it's just two quick scenes. So that's what, like, we don't spend too much time with them. But the B storyline, obviously, you know, Eric and the girls. And then the A is, of course, you know, Corey and uh, Wendy. But yeah, first yeah. time, there's a three storylines going on in one episode. Which, like, this is, you know, I gotta give kudos to the writer, too, because... Dude, you're handling three storylines in the same world. And I love the transitions, too, where it's the A storyline characters leave and then boom, B storyline. And then we just we're still we're still in the hallway. And Mm -hmm. then like the world is just keep going.
0: Well, that's where because right after he calls him a chump in the hallway, this same exact scene, a Mm -hmm. girl comes up to Eric, tells him that her parents are out of town. She needs help with the hot tub, getting it all warmed up. (laughs) and and eric is pounding his head against the locker after he tells her to please go away and she goes fine i'll ask another guy to help me do it Uh, (laughs) and then we see jason come over and he goes locker boy i heard your call Uh, (laughs) and and eric takes jason i'm sorry Jason tells Eric he needs to get a haircut. Eric doesn't understand why, but the next scene, they're at the salon. We meet Dominique. That's made by, I'm definitely going to butcher this, so I'm very sorry if somehow you ever listen to this, Masetta Vander.
1: That is way better than I can pronounce it.
0: <laughs> but she's a very attractive lady. Mm-hmm. And Eric is just, in, just gaga, head over heels for her, and he is just delighted that there's a pretty woman touching his head.
1: Yeah, as you would, if you're a 15 year old (laughs) boy, I can see Eric from like how he's being like treated with Dominique and how he like just immediately falls in love with her. I can see Eric, especially when he gets older, being like a weirdo getting a hooker. Yeah. Yeah, he seems like he would.
0: You know what? In the college seasons, I'm really I'm really surprised they didn't make like an Eric gets a hooker joke. Yeah. (laughs) Because that would have definitely fit the character. Attention, Mark and Dan Meets World listeners. The suburbs of Cleveland, Ohio, are about to meet their match when three best friends have come across hardships on trying to make their dream movie. Follow Craig, Jamie, and Motherfucker Dave as they beg, borrow, and steal their way to achieve legendary status only in Mark McKay's indie comedy hit, Suburban Legends, Life on the Rainbow Road. Starring... Sean Manos, Mary Lee Osborne, Matthew Phillips, Josh Miller, Haley Madison, and a special appearance by Lloyd Kaufman. I have one question for you. Are you ready to be a suburban legend? Available now on storeenvy.com slash Mark McKay's Gimmick Table. That's storeenvy, S-T-O-R-E-N-V-Y dot com M-A-R-K-M-A-C-K-A-Y-E-S Gimmick Table. But then the next scene, they're in the they're in the lunchroom. A girl asks Corey if he can help out with the English homework. Uh, Corey is now clueless to why all these girls have problems with their English homework. He thinks that maybe he's the only one paying attention in class. And then that's when Sean breaks it to him. That Corey now has the scent. He's, he's a scent of a taken man. All the girls want him. He says it's now time for Corey to break up with Wendy. Corey's not exactly down with that. He says, how long you been going out? One week. And oh, my God, get it over with already
1: i i love the scene because uh shot all right do you notice sean's shirt in the scene I do not he I, i've noticed this several times in throughout season two in season three is he but, wearing a
0: different shirt the next scene
1: no so this shirt he wears it like pretty regularly throughout the uh two and three it's huh? and i always thought it was like jesus holding a basketball and like i was always like that's sean's jesus basketball shirt and i <laughs> and then my wife was watching it she goes hey does that look like jesus holding a basketball i was like <laughs> yes i always fucking thought this like he wears it all the time uh i know we're gonna get to it out because i'm definitely gonna point this out next time he wears this jesus holding a basketball shirt
0: yeah i uh you please do Please do yeah. it. I'm going to keep more of an eye open for it. And I got to say, you know what? For, for this show to be able to have that shirt keep coming back, just because clearly Sean and his family did not have a lot of money. So, of course, yeah. he's going to be wearing the same shirt over again. Yeah. I mean, th- you, you see all these shows where they always have a, a different outfit every single episode. Yeah. That, that honestly would not apply to somebody who does not, who's, comes from a lower income family.
1: Yeah, especially since they established that he's on welfare.
0: Yeah. In the next scene, which yeah. is great, because he convinces Corey to break up with Wendy. Corey's just gonna give her a note. He uh <laughs> Wendy gives Corey socks, he gives Wendy the note. Turner's ready to read the poems in front of in front of the class, and he goes, Oh, we have Sean Hunter's his poem called Welfare. And, <laughs> but here's the here's one of the best parts that, that's so underrated he asked sean he was like do you want me to read this out loud or just forward it to the guidance counselor <laughs> and,
1: and then he's just, he, when he gets in the poem like, like this poem still cracks me up where he goes my uncle ralph has no hair my uncle twice a month he gets welfare yeah. and then it's just different stuff that rhymes with welfare long nose hair <laughs> electric chair
0: I also love at the end of it, Sean was like, I didn't use the real names. I hope that's okay. And Turner was quickly like, yeah, 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 that's fine. Uh, Unless
1: I know the better. You know?
0: <laughs> great lines, great <laughs> delivery, great acting, great chemistry. I am so glad that we get more Turner, Sean interactions as the series goes on for at least the next couple seasons. <laughs> now it's time to read Wendy's poem. Yeah. Well, and- while Corey just hands wendy the note she goes
1: oh thank you and then he's like okay i'm in the clear we're gonna break up break up through the note because that's what you do in seventh grade you just break up and make up through notes and then sort of gets into the poem and it's uh
0: and you know the name of the poem wendy wrote
1: what was the name of the poem let let the people know
0: leave me and i'll die yeah Uh (laughs) so I love Corey's uh, face too. He's like, "Give me back the note! Give me back the note!" <laughs> yeah.
1: So we're in the same boat as Corey. Uh, so there's this old Hitchcock additive where um, he says you have a, a scene where a couple is talking, and then a bomb goes off. It shocks you. So if we don't know that Corey, w- if we're going through this episode through the eyes of Wendy, she goes, "Oh, I'm in you know class with." with Corey, my boyfriend he handed me a note we're gonna watch my uh you know mr turner read my poem and then she reads the note boom that's the bomb yeah now here's the thing what hitchcock does he goes but in the beginning of the scene if you show the bomb underneath the table it builds tension so that way you see the couple having the exact same conversation but you're waiting for that bomb to go off so now that we watch this scene with Corey, are we watch this episode with Corey's eyes where he's gonna break up with her and then like tick 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 as the leave me and i'll die she goes oh fuck the bomb's gonna go off and then she reads the note boom and then that just builds the tension. this is why i fucking love boy meets world and i might be reading too much into it
0: no but you're you're right that that same logic worked for this situation here, because as soon as she's the, done reading the poem, she opens up the note. Apparently she can speed read fast as shit. Yeah. Uh, cause she opened it up and within two seconds needed to excuse herself, uh, left the room quiet, cry, crying. Corey chased after her, said, I don't want to break up with you. What makes you think I want to do that? <laughs> and she was like, of well, the note where it says, I want to break up with you. Uh, yeah. and he has to say, I don't, I don't. And he writes, don't in, uh, Wendy says she loves his face. They gave him a hug. She says, I hope our kids turn out as sensitive as you. And now Corey's got a big shock look on his face. He was almost in the clear and he was an idiot and went back. Yeah. And
1: I feel so bad for Wendy at that moment because she, you could tell she really has feelings for Corey. And then she gets that note, especially after writing that poem, like how much she loves Corey. And then she doesn't even finish the line. She just goes. She just raises her hands. Goes and then she just leaves. She yeah. like barely musters a word and she just leaves. Like this poor girl. Like I, throughout this whole episode, I just wanted to give her a hug. And I know she, is kind of speeding through the relationship, but still, like this is a girl who just she just wants to have a significant other. She yeah. sees her mom have somebody. She sees her grandparents grow old and have somebody. That's what she wants. She just wants somebody. And then just fucking Corey's an asshole. And then just breaks her heart every single scene. And I just want to give, give Wendy a hug at the, throughout this whole episode.
0: Well, I can tell you you did not want to give Wendy a hug it was in the next scene. Corey and Sean walk into the house. Corey says he's going to call her to break up with her. Things are moving too fast and they walk into the kitchen and they see Wendy making dinner with mom to which Holding Corey a and night. Sean... Yeah, hold, <laughs> it's Wendy and she's holding a knife. <laughs> yeah. That was the best part of the, ah! yeah, we the bring <laughs> But then the next scene they cut away. Sean apparently left. They're at the dinner table. Wendy's saying that she's gonna make more food for Corey in the future. Uh yeah. Eric comes in talking Orange to Jason. Waffles. Yeah. <laughs> and and Eric comes in he with Jason. Um Mom and dad ask him how he's doing. He's like, hey, I can get it. I can get a haircut. I can get as many haircuts as I want. Like really defensive. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, Wendy knows um, all about Corey's family. She knows uh, about brother Eric. Says Corey has told me a lot about him. And Corey was like, no, I haven't. Uh, Which is really (laughs) kind of creepy when you think about it then. So she said she wants three kids because Corey's one of three and she's one of three. We need to keep the tradition going. And then dad is concerned. Mom thinks it's cute. Dad excuses Corey. They go outside. He looks at her and goes nutcase. You think? Yeah. (laughs) And and I love this
1: because William Russ, I I don't know if this was a direction thing or a decision. William Russ did, but they're in mid eating their scalloped potatoes. And then what, uh, Alan has a fork full of potatoes. He goes, can I talk to you outside? And then he brings Corey outside still holding a fucking fork (laughs) of potatoes. And then they just walk back in.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I remember that as as you say that, Um, but Morgan likes her. Mom thinks she's sweet. That's when dad goes, she's got all the women. Uh, (laughs)
1: Yeah. And, and Morgan the great line where he was like, three kids. How do you feel about that, Pops?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and mom just thinks that she it's just a girl playing house. But when she runs upstairs with, with Morgan, uh, she comes down. She sees a, a photo of mom in the wedding dress. And she goes, maybe I can wear this one day. And then that's when mom's alarm goes off. Yeah. Beep, beep, uh,
1: beep. And, yeah. and this is like a thing in the 90s where they were just like, I know like they only had a limited amount of time and they were just trying to go like, oh, this girl's crazy. But this is another moment where I felt bad for Wendy because. All right, go ahead and watch the scene through her eyes. She's, you know, meeting his family. She's sees, you know, the mom in the dress. She goes, oh, his parents are just like my parents. That's so lovely. And then she just wants to pay a compliment to Amy. And then they're like, she's fucking crazy. And like another thing, is just like, come on, I, I know she's not all there because she's a 13-year-old girl, but come on, she,
0: she she's just still a poor little girl. Mm-hmm. Well, don't feel too bad for her yet. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> you better watch out. You better not cry. There's a terrorist attack. It can only be saved by one guy and a St. Bernard. Dan Brown and Heyman, save Christmas. That's right. Dan Brown, my co-host of Mark and Dan Meets World, has his full comic book series out and available right now. A real scrooge of a terrorist blows up Santa's toy shop, putting Christmas in jeopardy. It's on a recently fired comedian and his trusty four-legged best friend to make sure Christmas is saved for all the boys and girls across the world. Dan Brown and Heyman, Save Christmas. You can go to danbrowncomedy.com for more information. That's danbrowncomedy.com.
0: Well, the next scene, we see Feeney and Turner walk in. Turner's sore and he's exhausted. Uh, Feeney just kicked his ass at racquetball. <laughs> and then Feeney was like, Oh, and Jonathan, I don't shoot pool either. And then Feeney yeah. just walks away laughing. Um, yeah, laughing maniacally. He was, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> But then we see Corey, uh, he's talking to Sean. He's telling Sean how he walked Wendy home. There's four generations living in the same house. Yeah. The men don't say much. And yeah. Sean goes off the class. And the next thing that happens, and I'm not saying this is one of the funniest scenes in this season. What it's I'm definitely saying, the most memorable. It's certainly. I'm saying this is one of the funniest scenes in sitcom history. Yes. And I mean, I'm, I'm talking top 10 and easily and top, top 10. 10 in my opinion and i'm saying three of the funniest scenes in television history come from the showboy meets world this is one of them <laughs> Corey sits down he starts thinking about what the future's going to look like and they are an old couple at chubby's
1: <laughs> yep Ooh, it's not chubby's no, it's,
0: it's actually not. yeah
1: it's actually this week's sponsor of the week hello elderly couples we invite you and your significant other to a romantic dinner at Mural's Diner, where we want you to take the rolls. Formerly of Chubby's Underground, D-Wan Guy has purchased and is now operating this lovely couples-only restaurant. Come in and get the 4.30 early bird special every Tuesday and try our prunes. They'll get you through the day. The fish is nice. Mural's Diner. Now celebrating our 90th potato anniversary, we now have sweet and low. Dan, do you want to be be a couple so we can go there? (laughs) Dude, free rolls, man.
0: Mark, I'm starting to think you just want to be a couple just for this dinner.
1: I mean, we are a couple of knuckleheads doing a podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you talk about a couple of knuckleheads. Corey's putting the rolls in his sweater and he's yelling <laughs> they want you to take the rolls <laughs> one, of, one of the most memorable lines but Wendy gets up she gets up and excuses herself from the table and then we see old Sean walk into yeah. the rush you talk about a couple of knuckleheads and yeah. Sean goes Corey is that you <laughs> <laughs> Say, Sean, we're here every day and every day you come down here and say, Corey, is that you? Um, <laughs> them being old guys going over it and, and Sean and, and Corey's just going over his life with Sean and how it's a happyish ending and how he hasn't had to think and he, he's never been alone uh for the last 90 years of his life.
1: Yeah. Which it, would put him at 103. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> But what's even, <laughs> what's even better? I I I don't remember exactly what what Sean said, uh, but Corey went what, and Sean went huh, and then Corey said. They want you to take the rolls. So he's constantly defending his stance.
1: Dude, every time I go to like a diner or something, and then like you, you know, you take home a doggy bag, I always take the rolls. And I I always say, I always say, because of this scene, and like you said, this is one of the greatest scenes in sitcom history, but I always go, they want you to take the rolls.
0: Well, you know what's also great about this is that. Almost two decades later, it may have even been two decades later, they reference this line in an episode of Girl Meets World.
1: Really? I got to check it out. I forgot
0: what episode it was. I'll have to look that up for you. Uh, But yeah, you have adult Corey and adult Sean and Corey just blurts out, they want you to take the roles. Uh, (laughs) But Wendy comes back and back to the table. Oh, go ahead. We got
1: the part where Sean sees an old lady that just waves at yeah. him. So then, so what <laughs> you see this old lady wave at Sean, and then a hundred and three year old Sean Hunter gets the blood pumping again, like in, in class, <laughs> and then he chases her out the, the uh, murals diner. <laughs> and here's the what makes it creepy is that Sean, the car- the actor, Ryder Strong. Is 13 years old, and that's a legit old lady. They couldn't yeah. have gotten like another 13 year old girl to, you know, wave at him and leave. They, they had to have make it... the
0: actress that he was making out with. Yeah, the they, they should have the did that. Making... That would have
1: been a good callback.
0: Yeah, that would have been great. But what great was happened next? Well, Wendy comes back and. You know, Corey's like, I have, you haven't left my side in 90 years. And she goes, Is that all that bad? And, you know, Corey's, No, no, it's been great. Um, you know, you do all these things for me and whatnot. The best part comes up, Mr. Feeney <laughs> <He> comes <laughs> over to her table. Has aged a day in yeah. 90 years. <laughs> Empty the rolls, Mr. Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> and the sweet and low. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I brought these. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bought these. <laughs> but it's great because Corey is still in like this middle trance where he's still in this daydream, but reality is going on around him and Mr. Yeah. Feeny is trying to get him off the bench to go to class. <laughs> and and Corey goes, Okay, fine. Okay, fine <laughs> yeah. And then he realizes what's up and then he just runs away. Uh Feeney must have been confused as all hell.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um so I have a quick funny story about uh sweet and low uh this was after a concert when i was probably 19 years old uh so it was like my brother my friend chris which i've mentioned several times on the episode on the show and uh a couple of like my brother's friends and then like this girl that was with us uh so we all went to this concert so then what Chris did, uh, he was trying to get with this girl the entire time. But my brother thought it'd be funny to start cock blocking him. So uh, we went to IHOP after the concert, and then <clears throat> Chris was trying to get my brother Matt to like scoot over so he can sit next to the girl. But my brother just pops down right between them,
0: <laughs> and then Such a dick move.
1: Yeah, and then Chris is just trying to like hit on this girl and then my brother is just roasting chris the entire time he's just going like hey chris remember that time you like shit your pants and you had to shit in your 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 grandma's box because you guys didn't have a toilet and uh so at the end of our uh dinner chris writes his phone number on a sweet and low and then he slides it over he tries to like slide it quickly past matt but Matt catches it and goes, Chris, is this your number? And he just starts <laughs> fucking with him. So every time I see sweet and low, I think of two things. The Chris's, you know, phone number and then uh I brought these.
0: <laughs> back when I was in uh back when I was in the marching band in high school, after football games, we would go out to like Applebee's or T G. I Fridays or something like that. Like just as a big group and we all get yeah. like dinner or whatnot. Uh, My senior year, like we would do that. If somebody left the table, we would empty Sweet and Low in their drink. And then one day I left, I went to the bathroom and I came back and I was drinking a Coke. And, you know, you're not looking at it. Somebody emptied the salt into my Coke. (laughs) (laughs) And I ran back to the bathroom and threw up all over the place. Oh,
1: Man, that's salty of your friend to do that.
0: Uh, Hey, zing. Uh, (laughs) But then the, the last major scene of the episode here, uh, we're back at Chubby's Diner. Uh, Corey changes his meal because it makes Wendy happier, uh, you know, to, to eat healthier. He explains to Wendy that he was like, it's kind of funny now. He was like, when I asked you out, I just wanted a date for the party. He was like, I didn't expect to have a lifelong relationship. Um, Sean tells me I'm supposed to go out with a lot of girls. And Wendy's kind of devastated by this because Corey told her he was like, no, no, I want to be a couple. It's not just for the party. So she breaks up with him because the whole relationship has been based on a lie at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, So she leaves. Sean shows up. He's happy for Corey. um, And then Corey misses her. And we, we do we leave that episode on a sad note um only to come back from commercial and Eric tells Dominique that he can't see her anymore and it's going to be rough on Eric she tells him to sit down but that part's not important the most important part of the show actually ends rather sad yeah it's yeah cuz it ends with
1: him looking at the socks that Wendy gave him and mm-hmm. he just says i miss Wendy and he turns down the date with the fucking Soska twins or whatever um but yeah, like another heartbreaking moment with Wendy. And this is the last we ever see of Wendy. And I don't want to kill her off because I feel so bad for her. Uh, so she's just – I i, I would have loved to see more of Wendy and where Wendy would be. And uh, The episode in season five, I believe it is, the one where they go on the ski trip and Corey breaks his ankle and talks to Lauren – yeah. What I always thought would have been a good decision if instead of Lauren, if that was Wendy, like that she that like, been pretty cool. moved away and then kind of reconnected with Wendy, I would have loved to see that. Um but yeah, this is the last we ever see of Wendy and I, I just feel so bad for her because and, and it also leads to the Mr. Feeney lesson of the week where you know don't build a relationship based on a lie because now they're both, you know, just hurt. And uh, yeah, I feel bad for uh, Wendy and now Corey's in the bad shape. And, and another thing, <laughs> so we can get out of this depression here. Yeah. Uh, so the button of the episode where Eric goes back to Dominique for the hair salon and he turns her down and he says, all right, Dominique, that's enough. No more haircuts. And then she like goes, no, I will be rough with you. And he goes, okay, and he gets down. This is another thing. It also leads me to believe that Eric is full on going to go to a dominatrix or like some sort of hooker. Uh, <laughs> but do you know, uh, so the reason why Eric never goes back to the hair salon to get his hair washed again, do you know why? Why? This also leads to Mark McKay's theory of the week. That's because the next time. He went back to get his haircut by Dominique. She was off that day, and do you know who filled in for Dominique? Who? None other than Donald Gibb.
0: Where he goes, <laughs> sit down, nerd. Let me wash your hair. I would not go back to that hairstylist either. I, I mean, I I, I would well, do it just for on, the Oh, if Don Gibb did if Don Gibb did a good job, I'd go back. Yeah, I would. I would tip
1: him. I would go like, you know, Don. You're really surprisingly dental with my hair. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna tip you a twenty.
0: <laughs> and you guys can leave us a tip for twenty bucks too. You can send it to my Venmo. I promise I'll share it with Mark. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, what was the Disney Plus description this
1: week? The Disney Plus description um, actually wasn't that bad. It's not great, but it's kind of the middle of the line. It's Corey discovers relationships based on lies can still last a long time which I think they just kind of, like, watched one scene and then just ran from it.
0: Yeah, they probably watched that last scene when Wendy breaks up with them. That was about it. But, yeah, not the worst Disney Plus description. Like we mentioned, IMDb gave this 8.2 out of 10. Mark, I'm bumping this up to a 9. Yeah, this is a solid 9. All the way around. It's got one of the funniest scenes in television history, like we said. I can't wait to for a couple seasons from now when we do actually get to the funniest scene of all time.
1: Yeah. Not only was this one of the funniest scenes, but this is like one of the most quotable moments of my life. I
0: always say this every time I'm out. And we hope you guys are saying things about our podcast when you guys are out and talking to your friends. If you guys haven't done so so far, please like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash World. You can follow us on Instagram at World. And you can subscribe to our podcast on Anchor, on Breaker, on Google Podcasts, on Overcast, on Pocket Cast, on Radio Public, and of course, Spotify. So that's going to be it for this week. You can listen to us next week where we talk about the episode Danger Boy. Really excited for that one. But for now, for Mark, I'm Dan. Have a good night.
1: Do good and take the rules.
0: This- Mark and Dan. It's Mark and Dan. The
1: week of life what we're doing. It's good to know our friends who will always stand by me. When the- Mark and Dan meets